His name is Daniel Miller. He's a very busy man. He's the president of the Texas Nationalist Movement. The website is thetnm.org. Hey, let me change. Let me, let me fix my camera here. All right, there. So Daniel can see me, and I can see him. We're on Zoom. And uh, hey, it's Valentine's Day, and you're using your. He's the author of the upcoming book, Texas. Oh, by the way, I was going to tell you about the website, vtnm.org. That's where you want to become a member of the preeminent organization advocating for Texas independence on the planet and has been doing so now close to a quarter of a century. Um, And 1836 a month, right, Daniel? That's what the membership, membership cost is, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, not expensive. And 1836, of course, has profound significance for those of us who are multi-generational Texans, of course. Hey, I think this is funny, man. It's Valentine's Day and you're using your uh, creepy radio voice. That's pretty awesome. My creepy radio <laughs> some of Some of our friends uh, that I've got in the radio business, uh, we, there's one over in the UK named Ollie Ring, and, and sometimes he slips into his, his creepy radio voice. Uh, you know, it's like it's like uh, listening to Delilah, but for like that shady pervert that you see in the city park. <laughs> oh, you make me feel so warm and fuzzy, Daniel. Thank you for that. I, I, that gives me great that gives me great confidence in my professional communication skills. The creepy radio voice. Oh, yeah. Well, the fact that I brought up Ollie's name is actually should be a, a lot more frightening to you because now he's gone from radio to. Uh, to uh, being a commentator for esports, so. <laughs> um, okay, now yeah. uh, moving right along. Uh, thanks, Daniel. Um, my confidence has been ventilated. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about the Texas Nationalist Movement's endorsed candidate slate for the 2018 primary. Let's try that. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to go. Um, to, I think land commissioner is one of the more interesting ones right off the top of the bat. Of course, this, this, okay, so did George P. even respond at all? Well, of course not. I mean, okay. you know, we, right. just, so it was we just called for Paxton to put his head on a platter. So. Right. Yeah, Patterson, <laughs> Patterson, Edwards, and Rick Range, right? Uh, yep. Yep. So we got four candidates in the GLO race and, and oddly enough, I mean, who would have ever thought that the GLO race would be one of the hotter races in this election cycle. Who got the endorsement? Uh, it was Rick range. Uh, the members chose Rick range based off of, and, and they had looked, they had, uh, both he and, and Davey Edwards to choose from and, um, and Rick range just edged him out. Yeah, but, but you had you had membership that was upset that Jerry Patterson didn't get the nod. Well, I, I, I'm not going to say membership uh, because that that would imply that there was more than one. Uh, but there was, <laughs> yeah, there, there was a member. <laughs> right, there was a, there was a member who, and and honestly, they weren't really concerned. What what they wanted to know why was why uh, Patterson wasn't on the ballot, and you know. The, the answer for a lot of these folks is that uh, the, the candidates opted not to, not to fill out the survey. They didn't make the first cut. 
Yeah, well, I mean, not even make the first cut. They didn't even get in the door. You know, the the fact is, is that in this process, you know, one of the things that we wanted to to make sure of was that we we didn't wind up in a situation where we had a candidate uh, for any level of office that had given zero indication about their alignment with the organization's values and mission uh, that would, because of this, you know, because of the, the popular nature of what we're doing, uh, just get the endorsement simply because it's a popularity contest. I mean, we've, we've been witness to this uh, in pretty much every election cycle where a candidate couldn't possibly care less about uh, our, our mission, uh, doesn't really share our core values, and yet we have uh, supporters that go out there and, and faithfully pitch for them. So, uh, you know, the, the one thing that we wanted to make sure of was in this process is that it began with an act of volition. Uh, the, the candidate had to come to the TNM uh, and our supporters specifically and ask for their support. And, uh, you know, frankly, look, it's a sign of respect. If, if they can't be bothered to ask for our, the support from, you know, TNM supporters, uh, then, frankly, in my mind, our supporters uh, our supporters deserve better. So, uh, you know, it all started with just them just answering the invitation. Talk with Daniel Miller, president of the Texas Nationalist Movement. Davey Edwards is a popular grassroots candidate out there, but he didn't get the nod. Rick Range did. Where did, where did Davey Edwards fall short? Because that, that's going to disappoint a lot of grassroots people that would think he would be in the running. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. I've I've met with Davy Edwards. Um, I, I think Davy is a is a good candidate. Um, you know, the the challenge was, uh, and and I can't I can't speak for every member who who cast their recommendation. So I, I can't speak to that uh, because it was for a variety of reasons. But what I can do is speak uh, a little more generally. Uh, about it and what caused some of these guys from my observations, what caught, what caused problems for some of these guys. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the first things, uh, that really jumped out to me, uh, from what was the sort of buying decision for the members on some of these candidates was first and foremost, their responses to our value questions. Um, if, uh, if a candidate, showed any significant wavering on the core principles of the organization, uh, that, that was a, that became a problem. Uh, if you couple that with any, any signs of, of weakness on our, you know, the three core, um, aspects of our mission, uh, that became pretty much a deal breaker. And then from there, uh, how well the candidates really grasped the role of their office and the role of, of Texas within the union, you know, through the questions about article one, section one, section two, and the 10th amendment, um, you know, that, that those three really became uh, working in concert became a factor in the buying decision. So uh, I can tell you that uh, Rick's answers, if you go look at his survey, uh, which they're they're posted publicly. You know, there's it's on texasnationals.com, and of course the the members get to see the same thing on the member site. Uh, but his answers, albeit brief, uh, were strong enough. So what what you wound up with was you just wound up with more recommendations to endorse 
than uh, than Davy Edwards, but it was close. I mean, the, the aggregate rating put uh, Davy Edwards very close to uh, receiving a recommendation for an endorsement, in which case we would have had to uh, endorse both, basically say either one works. So uh, it's, you know, notwithstanding any of the other factors in the GLO race uh, and the qualifications for the office and things of that nature, uh, the members just clearly favored Rick Range uh, in this race. We'll get to some of the more unusual endorsements of the 18 candidates that made the final cut and are listed um, at the TNM.org. Jason Huddleston, Republican candidate for state representative, District 88. I think you said you had a conversation with him as well, but he had an outstanding survey. Yeah, I, I did not speak uh, specifically with Jason Huddleston. You know, we tried to maintain a certain degree of separation through the vetting process. Um, simply because, you know, the, the fact of the matter is kind of like these surveys, um, you know, the, the, there is a level of discernment that has to take place. And, and frankly, if I, you know, if we were to have conversations as, you know, officially as an organization with some of these guys, there's, there's really no way for us to present what that is to the membership. So, um, but, you know, one thing that I have seen about Huddleston is uh, I have seen, even ahead of the endorsement announcements, I've seen supporters up in his neck of the woods already coming out strong for him. And so I think that, you know, coupled with, uh, coupled with his survey responses did really well. I mean, uh, I, I will tell you, because, I, and I don't want to backtrack, but um, – the, the members seem to have a visceral negative reaction to candidates that answer neutral on the three questions of whether Texas would be better off as an independent nation, whether Texas should become an independent nation, and uh, whether Texans should be able to vote on the issue. And, and I will tell you that even when some of the candidates were a little weaker on those first two, uh, if a candidate was wishy-washy on whether or not Texans should be able to vote on it, uh, almost in, and I think, and I'd have to go back and look, but I think in, in every instance, um, the, the members voted to, to basically say, yeah, we shouldn't endorse this person, which, you know, is unfortunate because we had a, we had a candidate who strangely enough, she's uh she's a uh, running the democratic primary, uh, for Texas Supreme Court, and she answered literally on all these questions. She answered neutral, and then in her in her um, explanations about Article One, Section One, Section Two, and the Tenth Amendment, she answered pretty much the way that a judicial candidate should judge, which is, I I cannot by virtue of this office, I cannot have an opinion on this matter right now because I suspect that it will come up in front of uh, a case if I'm on the Texas Supreme court. So, you know, she answered new and of course, you know, unfortunately I, I think the, the membership didn't really embrace that really well. Although frankly uh, it was probably the, the, the best answer that you the could right, get from a the member proper of the, answer Supreme for court. That, yeah. the office that she's running for. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and could be in revealing, uh, I may have to deal with this. This may come before me recognizing the veracity, the validity of the movement and the sentiment of the people, Daniel. 
Right. And, and that's, you know, that's where, that's where I think, uh, you know, the, if, if there was one issue that I can identify with our endorsement process, it was how that issue was treated with some of these judicial candidates. So, uh, you know, obviously I think we're going to have to tweak the process in the next election cycle, um, to, to, to account for that. But I think what your analysis just then was exactly what I saw, which is you, you have to read between the lines where these judicial candidates are concerned. You know, we decry judicial activism, uh, and to have a, a candidate for the Texas Supreme courts essentially say, look, I've made up my mind on these issues before we even sit. It, it gets down to which, which, which do you want? Do you want activist judges or do you not? And so, uh, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a challenge, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll tackle that in, in the next round. Daniel, um, the other house district race, 102, Scott Kilgore. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Uh, Scott, uh, put forth a, a really good survey. Um, you know, he like, uh, you know, many of the candidates was, uh, I say many, like some of the candidates, was neutral on the issues of uh, whether Texas would be better off as an independent nation and whether Texas should become an independent nation. Uh, he, his answers were neutral on that, although he had values alignment, you know, all up and down all the other ones. Um, but I think that it's not unusual for us to see from candidates neutral answers on those two questions. And the reason being is something that I've said time and time again is we, you know, while supporters of the TNM, and you know specifically, and Texas supporters in general have already, by and large, done their homework on this issue about whether Texas would be better off and whether Texas should. Um, the the fact of the matter is, is that the the larger populace has not made up their minds on it because they haven't been given a proper debate on it. You know, we've got, uh, according to that, you know, that last round of third-party polling, you know, you've got over half of Republicans, you've got over a third of Democrats, and you got right at half of independent voters that have made up their mind, and you've got about 16 percentage points, give or take two or three points for margin of error, that are undecided on the issue. But the content, our contention is, and, and my contention specifically all along has been, that you cannot have a proper debate on these issues until you have a vote at the tail end of it. So, you know, when, and I think our members are, are really keying in on that to say, you know, like, like Scott, for example, when he says, look, I, I'm, I'm neutral on whether we would be better off and I'm neutral on whether we should become one reading between the lines. It's, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen both sides of the case, but he strongly agreed that Texans should be able to vote on the issue. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something that uh, I think barring strong support or strongly agree on those first two, I think that's something that's not uncommon. And I think our, our membership responded to that. Uh, I will tell you that in, in the instance of, of some of these folks that answered neutral to those three questions, um, the, the one that was just absolutely the, the deal killer for so many of our members is if they answered neutral or anything other than Texans being able to vote on becoming an independent nation. And that's simply because any other answer that is something below agree or strongly agree 
uh, is a violation of our rights under Article One, Section Two. So, I mean, it's no, no surprise that our membership would react negatively to people who answered that way. Got to take a break right here. Daniel Miller is my guest. He's a Raging Elephants radio contributor. When we get back, we'll talk about some of the more freakish selections by the TNM membership of the 18 candidates that they have endorsed. Limited 18 candidates, a very stringent vetting process, extreme vetting by the TNM to get their seal of approval of the membership, not from the top down, from the membership, the rank and file. They voted on these 18 candidates a very extensive process and so we'll continue to talk to Daniel about it some of these surprises in the next segment you got to hang around for some of these unbelievable but it says a lot about the Texas nationalist movement membership their purity in the vetting process completely nonpartisan don't cut the stream Hey guys, spring is just around the corner and it's time to check out your air conditioning system. Call Galen Beatty with Beatty AC and Heat, 281-222-9591. And mention this commercial and you can save $15 off your next checkout. Galen Beatty is my AC guy and he needs to be your AC guy too. No one does it better than he does. This family-owned business is the best in Houston. And even if you're out of town, if you need to replace your entire heating and AC system, Galen Beatty is going to be your best bet. He'll check everything from your thermostats to your air handler to make sure that you're getting the most efficient system ever. Nobody does it like Galen Beatty, and the price is always right. So be sure to mention this commercial and save an extra $15 today. That's Galen Beatty with BeattyACandHeat.com. B-E-E-E-A-C-N-Heat.com. 281-222-9591. 281-222-9591. Call him today. Jim Bolger is the demolition man. He demolished the old Buccaneer Hotel and U of H football stadium, and now he wants to demolish the good old boy tax and spend ways of Galveston County. He has years of experience managing big jobs and men and materials. Ever-rising taxes and out-of-control budgets must be demolished, and Jim Bolzer is the man to do it. We don't need another career politician. On March 6th, vote for the demolition man. Jim Bolzer, precinct for Galveston County. Take us wherever you go. Raging Elephants Radio. Streaming on your computer, tablet. You need money overnight? Check into cash. Your time is tight. Dot com. Bank account's too low? Check into cash. So where do you go? Dot com. Do it online in a record time. It's the easy way to get money next day. Do a quick click from home at checkintocash.com. You can be sure it's secure from our bank straight to yours. Do a quick click from home at checkintocash.com. Check into, check into cash. Check into cash gives you more money for your title and the lowest title loan rate anywhere. You'll save money because we'll beat any rate. Call check into cash and we'll prove it. If you already have a title loan, ask check into cash about paying it off so you can save money on a better title loan. Check into cash will beat any rate anywhere and we'll prove it. Get on down. Check into cash. Ching. Visit Check Into Cash. 
through the RER Marketplace. TV and radio are great mediums for mass instruction, but for those times when you just want to hold something in your hands, there is the damn good times. I still love the newspaper, but I'm tired of the liberal bias. That's why I reach for the damn good times. Always full of interesting stories and great information, and you can have it delivered to your doorstep by calling 281-332-5710 or sending an email to news at the damngoodtimes.com. Just $50 a year will get a full subscription. It's a great gift for all of Patriots you know. Do it now. Can you do it? The RER 2 plus 2 challenge. Howdy, rowdy Texans. It's me, E, the millennial voice of RER. I'm a big fan of RagingElephantsRadio.com. More Texas voters should be listening to RER every day. A better, deeper knowledge of how Texas works will help Texas voters to make Texas more like Texas. The RER 2 plus 2 challenge. Listen to RER two hours a day, every day, for two weeks. You'll learn more about Texas politics in two weeks than you've ever known. Mark it on your daily calendar. Set your phone alarm. The RER 2 plus 2 challenge. Two hours a day, every day, for two weeks. RagingElephantsRadio.com. The rebellious voice of Texas liberty. Texas Talk is all the rage. Apostle Claver T. Kamalamani on RagingElephantsRadio.com. Yet to come, Eugene Ralph, Raging Elephants Radio contributor out of the Metroplex. Right now, it's Daniel Miller. He is an RER contributor as well, president of the Texas Nationalist Movement based in Meterland, Texas. Famous, of course, for being the home of Bum Phillips. No, 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 no. The headquarters of Texas Nationalist Movement probably trumps even that. Okay, so we're talking about the 18 candidates that received the seal of approval from the rank and file membership of the Texas Nationalist Movement for the March 2018 primary. Some of the more <laughs> interesting, let's put it that way. I don't know what other word, but I don't want to use another word. Endorsements. Let's begin with my favorite, Michael Cooper, the Democrat for Lieutenant Governor. <laughs> yeah, I know that's, uh, I, I got to tell you, that's the one that I think has, has surprised everyone. And, and, Honestly, I say everyone, not everyone. Um, I think one of the things that it has definitely done is it has shut up anyone that that uh, claims that we have we're a, a Republican auxiliary organization. I mean, I, I don't know how many times we can tell people um, that independence is a transpartisan issue. I mean, the poll numbers show it. So um, that's that. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, that, that you're going to have a mixed bag of political affiliation in here. Uh, however, I think what does surprise people is, you know, given what they understand about the Democrats, especially those that are, that are, you know, holding office here in Texas. And of course the, the federal face of, of the Democrats, I think it's really surprising for a lot of people to see a democratic candidate at any level, uh, you know, say that they agree that Texas would be better off as an independent nation and that it should become an independent nation and that we should be able to vote on it. Now, let, me, let me let me read just a little blurb here before, you, you know, if you go to the entire profile, it's astonishing. But he says, I believe in the independence of the state, especially the state of Texas, just like California decided to legalize marijuana and did. The state should be able to stand on their own decisions without the influence of the federal government. Even though it's illegal to make marijuana legal on the federal government level, 
it was made legal on the state level. The state always has the right to do what is right for its people, even though other states choose differently. That's from the Democrat. Black, yeah. black, let me, let me put this, black Democrat, you know, black cowboy hat, very reminiscent of Pat Robertson. And uh, you go look at the detail summary of his endorsement application, and he strong agree on everything. It, 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 am I right? He's, he's right column, strong agree on everything, isn't he, Daniel? He's right column, um, you know, with the exception of the last three, and he was, he was an agree. So that means he's not on the bubble about it. Just, you know, maybe, maybe he's not as strong as others. But I, I'll tell you what, what I think – well, and I can tell you from the comments that were posted in the voting um, is one of the things that the members did was they, they skipped right over the political affiliation. They looked at the answers, not just the check boxes. You know, when, when he's talking about, uh, you know, the consistent theme – uh, in his answers about Article One, Section One, and Article One, Section Two, uh, deal with, you know, uh, like his Article One, Section Two answer. Uh, you know, at any time we could break off and govern ourselves without any interference from the federal government. You know, or yeah, that, that's, that's the that that is the answer that he gave on his application. Correct. Yeah. You know, and he he gets Article One, Section One. You know, the state of Texas should only be subject to, but not held to the demands of the United States, free to be an independent voice of its own state. Uh, you know, he, he talks about in the 10th Amendment, we also have the right to be independent in thought and action of the United States. I mean, he, his answers show now, and this is regardless of any other issues, you know, I mean, any I other people, I mean, listen, listen, listen to his answer on Article 1, Section 2 again of the Texas Constitution. I mean, think about what we played yesterday with the current lieutenant governor and this young black Texan as a Democrat, his answer as a, as a state, Texans only answer to the United States as a nation and not any time and at any time can break off and govern ourselves without any in, interference of federal our state government. I mean, let, let's look at some of these. When we talk about the, um, the agree strongly agree, let's go through this. Texas is a nation with a distinct culture, economy, and government. He went strongly agree. Texas should always be politically, culturally, and economically independent. Strongly agree. A basic political building block of Texas is the individual. Strongly agree. And I'm reading these so that when others get a ch they, they know what all the candidates had to answer and they can understand why the membership would cast their votes the way they cast their vote, regardless of what letter is behind their name. Next one was um, the basic culture and building block of Texas is the family. He strongly agree. The basic economic building block of Texas is the entrepreneur. He strongly agrees. Talking about a black Democrat here. Texans should have the ability to engage in the full employment of their natural rights. Strongly agree. The interests of Texas supersede the interests of all other nations and states. Strongly agree. The power to determine Texas's political, cultural, and economic destiny should reside solely in the hands of the Texas people. Strongly agree. Texans' unique history serves as the foundation for our current and future greatness. He strongly agrees. There is no challenge that cannot be overcome by the individual initiative and collective will of Texans. He strongly agrees. Now, these last three is where he only goes agree. 
Texas would be better off as an independent nation. Texas should become an independent nation. Texas should be able to vote on becoming an independent nation. He only agrees, not strongly agrees, but he agrees that as a black Democrat running for lieutenant governor, TNM did not give its seal of approval to Lieutenant Governor Danny Boy Patrick. They didn't do it. You know, they didn't do it for St. Danny Boy. Daniel, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think that, again, it, it may be surprising to some some folks. Uh, probably uh, his fellow Democrats, you know, are likely to be kind yeah, of surprised. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about what if some of his support, supporters are some of the more unlikely uh, endorsed candidates like Michael Cooper for Lieutenant Governor, what if his supporters understood how he was answering these questions would they continue to support him? Well, and, and I think probably so. Uh, and, and the reason I say that, I mean, it's not an uninformed uh, answer to that question. Uh, you know, one of the things that we have seen, Claver, is we have seen strong support uh, across party lines for Texas becoming an independent nation. I mean, that's just, you know, and, and we see that time and time again when our guys are out there in the field, um, you know, securing vote pledges and connecting with Texas voters. Um, it, it does, th- this idea, when we talk about it being transpartisan, the idea of Texas becoming an independent, uh, an independent nation crosses all of the traditional political lines. I mean, no, and that's a double-edged sword for us, you know, where you have, uh, you know, Republican Party, Democrat Party, whoever, you know, where they can go in and they, they love to specifically target these, you know, these demographics, you know, the Republicans uh, are very good at, you know, Carl Rove's micro-targeting and the Democrats are super good at it with their big data uh, in, in their campaigns. But, you know, it, it makes it difficult for us in one sense that we have to take a, a very wide shotgun approach because, you know, we're, we're literally a cross-section of Texas. I mean, our demographics more accurately reflect the demographics of Texas than each, either major political party. So, you know, the, the good thing, you know, the bad thing about that is, is that we have to take a shotgun approach. We can't be as efficient with our resources uh, as some of the political parties. But the other part of it is, is that, uh, you know, our supporters can go out there. Our volunteers can go out there, stand in the crowd, throw, and they can't throw a rock without hitting a supporter of Texas independence, regardless of who it is, you know, and that's, that's the, uh, the upside to it. In the SD 17 race, on the GOP primary side, I mean, it is a real choice of uh, the least of two evils. The incumbent Joan Huffman, who Jeremy Blosser tried to, uh, who named in that first rebuke resolution back in, in 2015 that, that launched the Rule 44 movement. And the challenger is Kristen Tassin, who is strongly supported by public enemy number one of liberty in Texas, Joe Strauss. So that's a, almost a lose-lose situation. Well, the Texas Nationalist Movement, their membership wasn't bamboozled at all, and they decided to give the seal of approval to Lauren LeCount, running in Senate District 17 as a libertarian. I don't know if she has a primary opponent, but perhaps an alternative to voting for whoever makes it out of the primary in SD 17 is to say, uh, to loop to whoever they are, to both of them, Huffman and Tasson, get out of Texas politics. You don't belong under the pink dome. LeCount, always going to be an underdog as a libertarian, is something that SD17 residents may want to take a look at. Your thoughts about Lauren LeCount 
Yeah. And, you know, you see this. I mean, we obviously have uh, several libertarian candidates uh, that receive the endorsement. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, we talked about this yesterday. That's not unusual because the Libertarian Party is the first and only party to have uh, a party platform plank to, uh, to calling for a vote on Texas independence. So, you know, that's, that's not unusual. Um, but what, what I think is interesting here is that you know, one of the big, one of the chief complaints that we have heard from TNM supporters throughout the years is they just don't have candidates that they can vote for. And so, you know, you, you run into a situation where, uh, you know, you have like this race in SD 17, you know, it's like, you know, the, the, the normal course of action for our supporters would be to look at the two stinkers that are running on the primary in the Republican primaries and just not show up. You know, they would look at it and go, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to get castrated by a, you know, a rusty box cutter. I'm going to get castrated by a rusty steak knife. Neither one of them are great options, right? So, you know, the, the beautiful part with this is, and I think where some of these libertarian candidates come in into this process is they provide a viable option uh, in these districts uh, where people, our supporters can look at them and say, look, uh, this person may not be running in one of the major political parties, but this person is way more ideologically aligned with me on the core issues of Texas independence than e any of the other candidates that are running. And so, uh, you know, I would, I would hope that because our members supported these guys, I would really hope that our supporter base as a whole would look at this and say, look, I, I'm going to go out and I'm, I finally found a candidate that I can vote for because they believe like I believe on the future of Texas. There's a few interesting ones that I want you to tell us about. Broderick Sargent, we didn't get a chance to cover him on the membership virtual town hall Monday night. Democrat candidate for justice of the peace in Ellis County Precinct 3. Um, all I see on the preface is, uh, I believe in Texas and what's best for Texas, rights and liberty established by our Constitution. What else does it say about it? What, what else did he say? How did he answer his, his survey? Yeah, I'd have to go back and look um, because Broderick, uh, I think, missed the cutoff. Hang on, I'll, I'll tell you real quick. Um, he did not make the list, so he, he did not receive the endorsement. Um but it was a, it was a barely, it was barely a miss. Uh, but let me, let me uh, grab his, his survey really quickly. Um, you know, his, his answers were, I mean, he was, he was an agree all the way down the list. Um, but I think what really, what really hurt him um, was the lack of elaboration on why he was running for office Mm -hmm. And the the lack of of real specificity in um, why the TNM should support his candidacy. That the answers on his survey were extraordinarily short. Um, you know, the I, I'll give you a good example. Um, Article one, section two, which we know that is, um, you know, all political powers inherent in the. I'm actually on the video, Claver, since you can see it. I'm actually wearing Article One, Section Two on my chest right now. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but you know, his, his answer was, "I believe we should take care of our own. Do the state can strong." No, oh, jeez. Yeah. So uh, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
let's, let's, let's do the, the last one. Okay. Um, Pat Fallon, Freedom Caucus member running for Senate District 30. Okay. Wouldn't be a bad thing uh, if he was to get that rhino out of office. I think that's Estes. Um, how did he do? Uh, let me, let me pull up Pat's survey. Uh, it was curious. Well, look, and I'm glad that I'm glad that Pat took the time, uh, to fill out the survey. Uh, like I am a lot of these candidates. Look, he's, he's, he's he's really one of the only big boys. If you can put it in those terms, a pink, a current pink domer that went ahead and, and did at least respond whether he made the cut and got the seal of approval or not. Right. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, um, you know, based on the, based on the comments, I mean, you know, his, his answers were, were fairly strong. I mean, you, you get down to, uh, the, you know, strong, he was far right column on all of the principles, but I'm, I'm going to tell you from, from the standpoint of the membership and the comments that I saw from the members that, that really vetted this and voted, um, what really hurt him were the neutral answers on uh, the last three questions. Uh, Texas being better off as an independent nation, Texas should become an independent nation. You know, those in and of themselves would not have killed him. But when he answered neutral on Texans being able to vote on the issue, um, the, the comments uh, from, from the members that made their votes, um, that was pretty much what – what really, I think, deal breaker. Yeah, it really did. And if you get down to it, it's it's understandable why. Look, we we had a member of the organization who's running for a congressional seat, um, and, and I won't say his name, um, but you know he's he's a new member, and he's running for a congressional seat. The guy has got a CV that is just incredible, uh, but his neutrality on those three was i mean he he didn't get the endorsement and it's it's unfortunate sliced his own throat yeah uh, but but ultimately claver here's the deal i know we've got to go i know we're wrapping this thing up but but here's here's the thing you know any of these candidates that have now looked at this and want to further look at the issue uh they even though they miss the endorsement process for the organization as a whole if they've come to the religion right and, and they right. understand now what this means. Uh, it's not too late for them to make a direct case to our supporters within their district. Uh, you know, whether it's that member that I mentioned or Pat Fallon or any of these guys, you know, they, they have an opportunity to do that. And, and they can repair the damage. They can repair the damage. They can, they can step up from, from what they submitted and say, Hey, reconsideration, further study of the issue. I right. I've moved this particular direction, you know, a little bit closer, blah, blah, blah. And our word to those guys is we are perfectly willing to work with them uh, to make, to make that happen. You got to make, yeah, because I mean, you just, I mean, some people, I mean, it's taken a while. I mean, you got it. Some people, it takes a while to, to, to make the conversion, that political conversion that we talk about all the time. You got to, you know, we talk about political evangelism, political conversion. That's it. That is a, it's a process of persuasion. Let's let us sit down and reason together. 
that that's the bottom line. Look, th- this is this is not the door closed. This is the door open. So it's time that we have those conversations. Where can they find the full list, Daniel? Uh, the full list is available at texasnationals.com under the 2018 election campaign link. And uh, we'll be getting a, a, a news release out officially on it here uh, at the tail end of this afternoon. So thanks a lot, Daniel. Hey, thanks for having me on, Claver. All right, my man, that's Daniel Miller. Don't forget, you can pre-order now the book that's coming out, and it's going to be hot. Text it. And Daniel, um, being the intellectual, literary intellectual that he is, I can't wait to get my advanced copy. I'm under contract to Arthur A. Review. But I got a funny feeling it's going to be, it's going to light a fire under a lot of Texans. It could be our equivalence of uh, Thomas Paine's common sense. Talk to you next week, Daniel. Adios, Claver.